Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Miles Room with me, Miles. Hello. Is that it? <laughs> is that is that it? <laughs> There's no name for this one. No, no name. Who I am. I'm in, this is incognito. It's me, Miles, and Mr. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we got this yeah, week. Yeah, but if this is someone's first thing, they'll be like, who's the mystery guy that's really funny on the podcast? We're, we're about to tell them about the review for a Honda Civic that you Done really... by X. Yeah, so there'll be a review for a Honda Civic that sat... That, that's, oh, well that, done. No, I didn't say <laughs> name. But I almost said it. That you've been in... And we'll be going up on the website around the time this podcast comes out, so you can look out for that. It's the one litre turbo model yep. that's, uh, that Hello next to me has yeah. been in. So look out for that. Um, and I'm going to sign off that review with Hello. With Hello, yeah. I, I shall make sure there's a note from Miles at the end of that review. Um, today we're going to be covering off plug-in hybrids and what you can get at all levels of budget. I say all levels of budget. Obviously, we, we're going to stick with new so, so nothing for those of you that are like us. Well, the thing is, with plug-in hybrids, it's not actually. If, if you yeah, look at used, yeah, yeah. you're only looking at three or four-year-old vehicles for a lot yeah, of them. Yeah, exactly. They just haven't been around that long. So uh, in the future, I think we will do a sort of used three-year-old plug-in hybrid one. But um, I thought we'd actually do both. I wanted to do one used and one new. Yeah, that's two zero podcasts. But I was doing the research for it. I thought it's going to be a very slim podcast, that first one. So Yeah, that's true. What I'm going to say to you, Sam, before we start this is, all of your expectations for price, yeah. go out the window, move them all one notch upwards. If you're shopping for a plug-in hybrid, you need to have in your head what you imagine prices of vehicles are, and move them all up. So a small executive car now costs, what, a mid-executive yeah. car. A mid-executive car is now a luxury car. These are the pro- I was really amazed, and we'll come on to this in a minute when I start with the budgets. But I thought, well, should be able to get one for this, and then there'll be ones for this price and ones for this price. And I, I was looking at some of the stuff, and I was thinking, there's no way. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong price. I must be looking at the wrong vehicle. Maybe I've picked Yeah, something. I've got like a high spec version or something. Yeah, and, and I'd, I'd check it, and I checked with the manufacturer, and, and they came back to me and said, yeah, that's the price. Like, like this bare-faced response of, uh, oh, yeah, that's how much we charge for those. You're aware what it is. I could get... Anyway, we won't go into it for now because it will become it's not, apparent. It's not the Miles Whinge podcast. No, it just surprised me because in my head, for example, a hatchback is around the £20,000 mark. A small family car of the sort of saloon size is around the £30,000 mark. An executive car, you'd sort of say 40000 And then sports cars, faster cars. You know, if everyone in their head will have a certain tranche of prices Ooh, for each a posh word what was it tranche okay just want to check if it's a word or not yeah you can i've never heard it before you can uh, i'm sure it is i just like to highlight things in case you've got it wrong just just so the listeners can yeah. double check it and well, then yeah. they won't just let it slide yeah, exactly. they, they can get so in one yeah. more time tranche okay cool carry on um so we're going to start off with the twenty-five thousand pound mark which is where a lot of new buyers will sort of accept that is yeah, you the, would, the yeah, entry yeah. point now where you can buy a vehicle. Obviously, you can buy smaller city cars for cheaper, but £25,000 should buy you a hatchback. Mm. Well, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe it. I searched around for an incredibly long period of time on this first one, actually, because I thought I need to come to you all with something for £25,000. No. Kia Nero, £31,000. Hyundai Ionic. I think that's yeah. I think that's how you say it. Thirty-one thousand uh, pounds. Skoda Octavia, thirty-two and a half thousand pounds. 
The only thing I could find was a hi- I couldn't find any plug-in hybrids at all. And in the end, I gave up and I said, if you've got £25,000 to spend, walk to your nearest Toyota dealer and say, I want to buy a, Cor- a Corolla hybrid with the F-Sport kit on it. Because okay. you've got a good-looking car, it'll do 60 miles to the gallon, but you will not be able to plug it in at home. And I, I really am surprised, because I was sort of accepting that maybe it was 26000 27, you know, that, yeah, you'd accept that. <clears throat> I was hoping Sorry. I'd find something cheap for say 22, 23 and be able to give a few options to people because I'm sure but no, it's jump straight to a 30 plus. <laughs> no, I know, I'm sure there's lots of people out there who have a reasonable budget for a car. It's not, you know, maybe it's a yeah, and they're not like overly glamorous, those cars either, are they? Like a Kia Nero. This, this is why I say that'd be the noise I'd make in the show. Would yes. you like this car, sir? And you can buy the a Ionic. And I should stress, it's those models as the plug-in hybrid. You could yeah. get them for uh, twenty-five, just shy of twenty-five thousand pounds, but not as a plug-in hybrid. Yeah. And in fact, it gets really difficult because some of them are sold as petrol-only hybrid, and then plug-in hybrid, and then full electric. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and you think, okay, hold on. So it's all the same car. Yes, it's all the same car. So that you were just paying different amounts for the engines, which. We're all used to petrol and yeah, diesel. Of I mean, that's always, fairly normal, yeah, isn't it? You know, so a two liter petrol, a two liter diesel. You'd expect in the UK at least the list price of the diesel would be more expensive if yeah. you had two two liters. Uh, certainly, if you wanted a a three or a four liter performance car over the two liter equivalent, I'm thinking something like a Mercedes C Class. The the bigger engine will always cost you. You know, if you want a two liter diesel, yeah, that's fairly standard liter. across the board. But to to be in a position where you're talking about a fairly average vehicle being offered in all these different different grades, dis- but for the same describe car. Describe it as distinctly average. Yeah, I just... <laughs> so I'm, I'm really sorry to everyone who, who has tuned in and thought, £25,000, actually, that's my budget. I really want to go brand new. I want a warranty. I want everything else. My advice is... if you, if it's Give up. <laughs> if it's got to be brand new, you've got to give up on the plug-in hybrid. However... Uh, Golf uh, Mark 7 GTEs are plug-in hybrids. They'll be used. They'll be about three years old now. They will be in your budget. To be honest, uh, I, for what you'll get um, in comparison, I would still probably go and have a drive of the Toyota. The, the, advantage, the big advantage with the plug-in hybrid is you can do that daily commute yeah. without any use of a petrol engine. You can charge up at home, get 20, 30 miles, you're not going to get that with something like a Corolla hybrid. You are going to be using the petrol engine for that journey. But, especially if you're in stop-start traffic, you're doing the best from from the point of view of efficiency. If this is a, a vehicle that's your daily driver, maybe you have something nice in the garage, or maybe you're just more into getting the, the best for your buck, mm-hmm. uh, then, unfortunately... Unless you look used, you're not going to be in a plug-in hybrid. So sorry about that. We we really did look, and and even Sam looked. That's yeah, how, that's, how, that's how desperate we yeah. were getting that I actually had to get involved and do some research. Yeah. I will admit it's the only bit of research I did. Yeah, but I did do but some for I, once. I was quite thrown by that. I I genuinely no, I, thought I did some research. Yeah, I know I was. <laughs> I genuinely thought there would be something, and maybe I'd have to say, look, it's twenty six nine nine five, but. Maybe maybe with the finance deal you can get it into the twenty, but there there really was nothing. Um, if you are shopping and you find something, please do let me know. I'd really like to know. Because yeah, if you're shopping at Asda, Tesco, Sainsbury's for anywhere. twenty, yeah. if you've got twenty five grand and you're in Tesco, then maybe let 
Well, don't let anyone know. <laughs> um, so we're going to jump, and and it's a big jump. Again, I was hoping oh, to is. do. And I'm, I'm looking at. Sorry, I'm just looking at the list that you've obviously given me. This it's a big jump for the same size car. So this is the thing. You know, I said to you at the start of this podcast, and it's the same for everyone listening. You've got to basically change yeah. your expectations for what you can get in each bracket because the next bracket is forty thousand pounds. Now we're sort of. Well, there are a few things that are less than £40,000, but that's the next price bracket I thought we'd go to. And good news, there's quite a lot in there. There is, because I, I really felt bad that I couldn't offer more in the 25000 As you should. Well, I just... It's all your fault. Um, Sam, do you want to go with the, with the first on the list? Uh, yeah, okay. Not really my type of car, but an Audi A3 40 TFSIE S-Line. How much? Thirty-five. Thousand pounds. Thousand British pounds. So that's an so you've got an S line, uh that'll be a one point four two hundred horsepower, thirty seven miles of rating. Oh one point five, sorry. They're not they don't do one point four anymore. Um thirty seven miles of battery range. Yeah. Advantages, you've got a prestige badge, which yeah. actually in this bracket, and I say so you've got to readjust your mind a little bit. It's not that easy under forty thousand pounds to get some of the the prestige no. badges, if you like, because again, when you've got Skoda at, at the early 30s uh, for the plug in, and that wasn't, by the way, that Skoda Octavia was, I think, an SE model plug in. Oh, wow. So okay. if you wanted to go to the sort of a bit sportier, a bit, you know, the higher spec, then you do start to touch this £35,000 mark. Yeah, but at least that's under 40, I suppose. So yeah. that's, that's good. Uh, on the limit of the price was, the, I, I wanted to bring in the car that I. If someone said to me, I've got £40,000 to spend on a vehicle, I'd like it to be quite nice, what could you suggest? Uh, I would usually go for something like a BMW 3 Series Audi A4, and I would expect it to be less than £40,000. Yeah. Now, you can get a BMW 330e Sport Pro. It's £40,500 with zero optional extras and that would maybe a major consideration because we all know that BMWs yeah. generally you'll have I've, I've, paint. My mum used to have a BMW with no optional extras yeah. as a company car. To say it was miserable, I mean she said it was the worst company car she's ever had. Because it was so base. Yeah, so. I mean it was it was in the time where tapes were long gone but this car had a tape deck. Okay, well, so. yes. So that they're... There are, again, there's also some compromises here. Um, it's a sport, it's not an M Sport, but it, it does look quite good. So it's if you want something that has the M Sport, unfortunately you've got to step up in price. I'm going to try and keep you in budget. So this is a Sport Model Pro, which means you do get, you haven't got a tape deck anymore. Well, that's you, good. You, you, I hope not. Yeah. It's 2022. No, being a sport, there are at least quite a few things that come with it. The trouble is for things like paints, for example. I mean, I just thought, well, what about if you wanted to have a blue one? It's a thousand pounds, you know. The things start it's to mad. <laughs> um, 292 horsepower though, okay, combined between the the electric motors and the petrol engine. Quite a small fuel tank, which I, th I think has been has had to happen to accommodate the batteries because you're in a chassis that isn't built, yeah, it's not be... built for the batteries, is it? No, so it sort of had to be compromised a little bit. It's a 40 litre tank, which okay, it's, it's not... quite small. I mean, again, because you've got the hybrid assistance, you. Yeah, you possibly don't okay. need such a big of a tank, but it, just for that size vehicle, you would generally expect more. I mean, interestingly, I couldn't I couldn't do my commute on the range of either of these two cars. So it's thirty two miles of range for the BMW three thirty e, and your daily commute sound forty. 
So yeah, and I think we're gonna we have to get and again this is a a, a bit of buyer's advice. If you are a forty mile commute, unfortunately we, you have to get quite high in the prices. We will get there, but um to do it all on electricity it does start to become a bit of a stretch. And what's interesting for me is we actually start to step if you really do want electricity and this podcast because we're talking about plugins there are going to be people out there that are looking between the two and possibly trying to cross shop yeah an all electric versus a hybrid uh, sorry a plug-in hybrid that actually the the price advantage really didn't step into it because some of no. these manufacturers were selling all electric but in their electric range mm-hmm. as opposed to electric versions of their normal range because everyone seems to be trying to separate Right, yeah. Things. So, okay. I mean, at the £40,000 mark, I, I hate to keep bringing them up, but a Tesla Model 3, uh, I think you're just about in with, with a base one. Um, okay. You probably wouldn't want that, but just, just as a point, that that's all electric. If if you are a bit sold on the electric idea, yeah. if you're wanting to say, no, I want to have both, I don't know, it, it seems a bit... I understand the manufacturers are providing both a engine and an electric motors and batteries, so the cost does get high, but yeah, we we start to. But if that's the way they're trying to push us, they need to start making things more affordable. Yeah, I, I'm, I say I'm quite surprised by some of these prices. Uh, next one, Sam, do you want to cover up the next one on the list? Uh, the this is still on in the list. under the forty thousand. Cupra Formenta. And I've just said under, but what's the price on this? Forty thousand two hundred and sixty for a Cupra. So this is uh, yeah. for people that aren't familiar with Cupra. It's Seat, obviously, but they now have their sub brand Cupra. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Formenta is the crossover sort yeah, of size okay. yeah. vehicle um it would be audi q3 shape yeah but much longer it's yeah really, it's quite a long car yeah um looks a bit like a shark this would be though as opposed if we're saying the bmw you'd be looking at you know that's what you get uh, yeah yeah no optional extras for your forty thousand pounds in at a cupra dealer that's everything because this is the v2 uh, VZ2 spec, sorry, VZ2 E hybrid. So, generally speaking, they're, they're, I think there's still a few extras that you can add on. But or as you've written it here, higher, higher a bid. What have I written? Oh I've yeah, written higher, hybrid higher wrong. bid. Yes. <laughs> uh, Thirty-six miles of range on the battery. Uh, Two hundred forty-one brake horsepower. I mean, that's not too bad. And Thirty-six mile range is quite good. And it still genuinely get to work and back. You couldn't, but I think uh, I think a majority of people now at 30 miles probably could. Yeah. I, thinking about it, I'm, I'm actually going to think through my, uh, not including jobs I've had where I've had travel involved. Yeah. Um, not for the last five years have I actually had a job that I could do that exactly. on either. So it's, so, not, it's not as common, I don't think, as you'd think. But Well, yeah, I, I, I guess, guess yeah. possibly those people aren't looking at the plug-in hybrids. Because no. of that restriction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. Or I suppose if you work somewhere, one of the places I work you could had, charge it while you're had there. chargers yeah, there. That's fair. And you were allowed to leave it on the company's electricity for two hours. Oh, okay. So you could put so as long as you've got back home then. Yes. So that would be the other the other side of this. But the the, the fermenter, just for anyone who hasn't been in one and is sort of as I say looking across the Volkswagen range, that's what they can get. The fermenter does actually drive differently. It it does stand itself out from the equivalent i think it would be a t rock yeah i'd say so yeah because it's not the tiguan so i said sort of t rock yeah. um because they have t rock and t cross and i always yeah, confuse them it's a t rock t rock uh, audi q3 yeah um this size vehicle 
the fermenter does actually stand itself out. So if you are looking across them and you think actually a high spec Cupra, it looks, it is a good looking car, 240 horsepower combined between the, 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 uh, the batteries and the motor. It probably would be quite an enjoyable yeah. drive and it should be considered if you are, as I say, don't say anything, oh, it's just a Volkswagen, I'll drive a Volkswagen and I'll make a decision. No, you, you need to go and jump in the Cupra. Come, sorry, you're gonna say that. If you were, if you were using your two hours of the company thing, your company electricity, would you only drag around like a quarter tank of petrol? I would drag around a fiftieth of a tank of petrol because <laughs> yeah, that's me. The minimum. Yes. But I think you wouldn't drag around a full tank of petrol if you were just doing your commute, would you? This was an you interesting. Fill up if you were like going on a journey. I actually had this uh, conversation recently. But then, what happens to the fuel? Where, at what point does the fuel go stale? It's a long time. Tank? Yeah, no, someone brought this up, but it's a long time. Okay. You don't have to. I, the only concern, again, this is a, a, a slight side concern. If you put E10 in your tank, we know it's slightly more hydroscopic mm-hmm. than E5. So if you are going to leave it across the winter in your fuel tank, you, you may be better up putting a bit less in. The idea of it going off, unless you really don't do many miles and you really are spending all your time trying to maximise the battery. Yeah. It should be fine. Okay. Um, but it's a it's a valid point because there, this came up in conversation and I mentioned it and one there was three main objections. Someone said, well, because people were talking about how it used to be when you went to the pumps, yep. you'd put in, say, a tenner or 20 quid and that was quite common when people used to pay cash. Yes. Because you were paying... Yeah, you, you round it up to the amount that you've got with Yeah, you. if you've got if 40 quid in cash yeah. and you need a load... Well, then some people obviously always filled up. Then card payments came in and less people started to go, unless they were just sort of budgeting. Yeah, they they were they were they would just fill the tank up because it wasn't it didn't matter whether it was pennies. It takes you to an interesting conversation about petrol because if you're doing what I do, so going you do forty miles round a day, do you go to the petrol station? Because I pass many petrol stations on the way to and from work. Do I only put a quarter of the tank in and stop at the petrol station more often, but don't drag around a load of excess fuel all the time? Or do I go once every week and a half and fill the tank? Oh, I guess it's probably more economical to just put a quarter, a third of a tank, because you're not carrying that extra weight of fuel yeah. around. I mean, uh, you usually look at it as I always just put it in my head for the easy maths of a litre of fuel to a kilo of weight. Yeah. It's not a perfect sum, but it's just well, you can. So if you've got sixty litres of fuel, you can sort of add sixty kilos of fuel. Uh, yeah, sorry, so sixty kilos. So it's of quite, weight. it's quite a lot. If you were so, to save forty of that. Yeah, it's a reasonable amount of weight. I don't know how much it would equate to and how much you're using of the fuel. It's just popped into my head, and I'm just literally blurting out what I was thinking. It's, it's an interesting while you were talking. Yeah, and again, there'll be people out there that are listening. You're thinking, yeah, that's that's either what they do or it's something that they've come up. With I mean, for convenience, I think I would just fill the tank, which is what I do. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you are on the way home from work. Oh, I've got to stop at the petrol station, which seems like a massive inconvenience, but it's probably about three minutes out of your day, and only going to get more inconvenient as time goes on because yeah, exactly, you'll, yeah. you'll have to refuel in different ways <laughs> yeah. well possibly um so yeah the, there was a concern some people were saying what about the the fuel if i leave it in there for a long time fuel it doesn't go off that quickly okay if, if it's in there a few months you'll be fine so and unless your mileage is bearing in mind the battery mileage for most of these cars is 30 miles most of them let's you're say you're going to use the fuel at some point you are going to slowly eat that fuel down so um it's not and, and as as you're topping up you're putting fresh fuel on some of your older fuel yeah, so it's mixing it so. so you should be fine but if you are someone that really does only do the the sort of i go to the shops and i keep it always topped up 
then yeah, you probably are better just putting 10 litres in or something. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a small number of people that's probably a, a consideration for. Uh, next one, Sam. One of your ones, actually. Yeah, I mean, I did the last one, but I'll do this one again. No, yeah, well, I, did, I looked at this car. I thought that's, oh, okay. a, bit, that's a Sam the, car. It is a very much a Sam family car. Uh, the Tiguan E-Hybrid. How much? 38,000. So uh, that's not the greatest spec, but you've got then two grand to spec up with. Yeah, it's which, I mean, not. It's a VW car, so that'd get you half a wheel painted, maybe. <laughs> you certainly could get your paint and you could put some leather in, but it's not. Not all of it. No, you could just put some leather yes. in somewhere. It wouldn't be attached to the seats or anything. Just a bit of leather in the boot, maybe. Um, yeah, and and actually, to get to the next spec level on this, uh, you're jumping well into the forties. We, we it went too far because I wanted to give both options. Yeah, of course. Um, but to, honestly, you you the the price jump was best looking well, second best looking family car though. Uh, two hundred and forty-two horsepower, thirty-one miles of range. Honestly, between those two for the two thousand pounds. I know that the Tiguan's a bigger vehicle, but I would still go and have a quick look at the Cupra and see well, if it's a, nice it's a nicer looking car. Yeah, and you're going to get a lot more spec for your money. So yeah, I'd exactly. see if, if it's a family vehicle, uh, could it be that actually you can do everything you need with the Formenta? Because if you do, it's better looking, it's more, it's better equipped, and it's probably uh, going to be more fun. Well, not no, just more fun to drive, but yeah. more efficient overall because you've got more battery range coming from it and everything else. There's one more that snuck in there at the last minute. It's because I was looking for another prestige brand. We'd done Audi, we'd done BMW. Okay. And I managed to get Mercedes in there as well. So you can buy a Mercedes CLA 250E AMG line. So okay. this is this not quite a three series size. Okay. But it's an executive saloon. I say it's a small saloon, but it's an executive saloon. It's the AMG line, so it's got all the nice kit. It's well spec. So. At thirty-eight thousand, you've got a little bit of money to put your own paint colours or whatever else on there. But actually, you don't need to put loads more spec. Whereas yeah, okay. that was which was my concern with the BMW. I yeah. think that there was yeah. no headroom for that. I mean, it's good. It's good that you've got in there a BMW, a Mercedes, a VW, a Seat. Well, it's not a Seat, is it? But it's a Cooper. But it's, it is a Seat. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good amount of. Yeah. The only thing with the Mercedes is forty-three miles of range, Sam. So oh, I could you, go to work. You could go to work. Mercedes. So, you know, it's, it's and, a I real know big trade-off for me. As we all know, Sam is not a Mercedes fan. 215 horsepower, so it's less power, and it's an eight-speed eight gearbox. So there's there's a lot of interesting things going on yeah. with this Mercedes. I particularly don't like the CLA. So, yeah. for me, I, I, I'd have <laughs> Even though it's the only one that we yeah, to work I still at. wouldn't buy it. <laughs> um, just, and just to mention, because I know people are going to think, well, I mentioned this in 25, where did those other cars end up? A Kia Sorento and a Hyundai Tucson, which yeah. are—I would never have put them in the in the, the sort of forty grand mark of cars. No, no not to all. buy the plug-in hybrids. They're over forty thousand pounds. They don't even go into this category. Yeah, that's insane. So they're not getting a mention. I I, <laughs> I couldn't believe that because I thought actually, that, uh, I can't remember. I think it's the Hyundai Tucson recently been released. Looked quite yes. good. I thought. Yeah, yeah, it's a new one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I thought. Well, we haven't driven it yet, but. I thought that that's worth a mention, and and people out there may well be looking. How much is the plug-in? And <laughs> just took my breath away. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll move on, going to the next step of the budget, fifty-five thousand pounds at this point. Uh, you missed out a forty-five thousand pound one. Sorry, did I go on? The E-Pace, the Jaguar E-Pace. You've oh. got written here at forty-five k. 
Go on, give us the details on it, Sam. Uh, you haven't written many details, so you really put me on the spot there. Yeah. It's just got a mid-sized 4x4. Four four. I don't even know where I put it. Oh, did I put it in the, in the, you in have. the top corner? But you haven't written anything about it. <laughs> I think it and was just... And then you've really, really thrown me under the yeah. bus with it. Because Sorry. what you've done is you've written it near something else. Sorry, mate. So this has really showed up our... Uh, it's mm-hmm. almost as if I've done the prep for this podcast yes. this week. Oh, okay. Well, so, moving on. Anyway, so the next bracket is £55,000. Yes. Well, I'm sure going to take this one. I'll go I'll go Because I'll do the next one, because I've looked at what the next one is. £55,000, a Volvo V90 recharge. This is the T6. It's all-wheel drive. It's an R design, but you have no optional extras, but we're already at quite a high spec here. So Yeah, okay. Um, but £55,305. It's a big estate car, quick, 335 horsepower, eight-speed gearbox, 36 miles of range. That, if you're looking for a large family car, and like many people, you've sort of seen all the SUVs out there, and you've seen that basically a, a lot of these are offered as crossovers and thought, I don't need a crossover, I don't need the inefficiency of a crossover, and actually an estate car would probably give you more interior space and comfort, Volvo yeah. is your, your go-to there with the V90 recharge. Good engine in that. Let's say eight-speed gearbox. Um, so that should be a great cruiser. But it is at the uh, 55, £55,305. So whatever colour they give it in for free is what you get. Yeah. But it's a bit of you, the next car, actually. Sam, oh, so the next one's the car to buy. I mean, we might as well just stop the list here. Yes, that's, that's the but end. It'll, of... it'll be more once you've spec'd it out with extras, but we're not talking too much more. Uh, the Jaguar F-Pace P400e. All-wheel drive, which I'd expect from a 4x4. Do you know what, what's interesting for me on this car? Sorry, can I quit before you do the interesting thing? Can I read out your tagline for the car? Oh, uh, this was my notes, because I knew you would read this one out, yeah. so I thought I'll give you a couple of little but notes. Go on. I think we should start doing this for most cars, the Miles tagline. <laughs> yes. So we could just have you... So Miles' tagline for this oh, is... I see, I see. No Range Rover, but we'll get across a wet field. Yeah. A wet field, not not too hilly, but <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> a the, flat wet field in Amsterdam. Yeah. The, the F pace is that actually with that all wheel drive system. The best car on the market. Uh, the end. <laughs> we, I think a few of you can tell the reason that I've not allowed Sam to give a Sam score for the F pace in in on the website, on Ten Instagram, on Facebook, or in the 12. podcast <laughs> is because the bias would be outrageous. Oh, but it's just such a nice looking car, isn't it? What I think is great. And to coin someone else's phrase, you would own a Jag. I won't, I won't do the long no, list. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> what I think is great is this is a two-litre petrol. Combined horsepower between the battery and the uh, and the petrol engine, 398 horsepower. Astonishing. Joe, it's groundbreaking yeah. is what it is. Um, Eight-speed gearbox. Falls down a little bit, 33 miles of range. It was, Brilliant. I was, hoping that, <laughs> I was hoping that we'd start to get to longer ranges. I'd walk, yeah. I'd walk the seven miles. Yes, I bet you would. <laughs> um, but because we're in a bigger vehicle, you know, we're going into SUV. This is the other limiting factor. You can put lots of batteries in an SUV, but you have the inefficiency of an SUV, as in yeah. the way it hits its aerodynamics hitting the wind. So, thirty-three miles of range, but you'd only have to walk three and a half miles each way though on a on a twenty-mile commute there. Yeah, I mean, what's three and a half again, miles? Think of your health again. Very specific. think of the children. Very specific to your needs. <laughs> your needs. Yeah, but I am very specific to my needs. Um. That was, a, that was a bit of a trouble with this, though. Mars wants us to move on because I'm being childish. No, no. The, the trouble I was going to say is that for £55,000, I thought 
there'll be lots of options out there. Yeah, that and, is shocking. And we can go through yeah. a big list of uh, of cars that people could say, oh, I was thinking about one of those with a diesel and that. I didn't realise I could get into the plug-in. Yeah. And again, I go back to the start of this podcast. You have to readjust your expectations for what you can buy for what amount of money because they they are then it goes into the next bracket and you, you, i mean i'd be expecting some of the things that are in the next brackets the odd thing, i won't ruin it but no. i would be expecting some of those to be in this bracket yeah this is the odd thing for me is that once you get above a certain price stuff starts to go, oh you go okay well like we're going to get to over eighty thousand after the next bracket yeah of course and everything in there is pretty much what you'd expect to be there yeah, yeah of course everything up to fifty thousand pounds I'd say almost all of it surprised me. Um, was there much that didn't... Uh, the Formenter, for me, surprised me at 40,000. And it actually turned out to be the, the sort of pick of the bunch from a... From yeah, a pro- the, a the F-Pace didn't surprise me at 55. No, because, because if you said to me an F-Pace, I'd start it at 50. I'd expect to pay a little bit more for a hybrid. Well, the, a hybrid, the original... So. Uh, when the F-Pace came out, you could buy the 5-litre supercharged V8, top-of-the-line model, for 55,000 pounds. Yeah, but without the spec. You no, could, yeah, that could, was that was no, a fully spec one was a little bit more, wasn't it? Because I m- remember the when they had it on the Grand Tour. Yeah, it was fifty five thousand. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I mean you could put paint on it and stuff like that. Yeah, so you yeah. probably get okay. to six. That's but, fine. But just just to just to point out where car prices have gone, and yeah, you make a valid point only because as we found out, we did Range Rover pricing a few podcasts ago. I can't remember how long ago it was. Yeah, now. we did. Yeah, but we found at the time that actually the plug-in hybrids were going to be the money of the supercharged. So really, you were yeah. just making a decision on, do I want a high-spec plug-in or do I want a high-spec supercharged? And people obviously make their own decisions depending on the market they're in. But that, for me, I thought the F-Pace actually, I think that's good value. And I that's kind so, of where yeah. I'd expect it to be. I was just surprised that I couldn't throw out lots of competitors for you and say, well, there's also this and there's that and there's this. Because either because manufacturers are transitioning and so they don't currently have a plug-in that fills that that gap in the market. That was one of the things I found. The other thing that the ones that were either had only just entered the market, and so they I couldn't technically put them in the list because they were only that you, you couldn't if you were listening to this and saying, "Oh, I need to buy a new vehicle in the next month," well, you wouldn't be able to go and buy it. Yeah, exactly. Um, with shortages and everything, maybe it won't matter so much because everyone's expecting to wait. But I thought I'd be fair, and so um, yeah. Those two sit in the 55,000. Now, the next bracket... Can I start the next bracket? Because I've yeah. just noticed a few interesting things about a very similar engine. Yes, so £80,000 is the next bracket. Go on, But sir. we've got a 68k here. Yeah, so is this under 68,000. Yeah, this is in the... eight. Up, so we're talking up to 80,000. Right, okay. So for... And, and, and before you say it, yes, I know. And that's why this is off to the side, because yeah. I was quite surprised... I just, it's it just, was. yeah, but it's just the stats. I just want to compare the stats because I'm guessing it's the same engine. It's the same. Yeah. So underneath. we've got the Land Rover Defender 110P400E Dynamic S. And if you're not clear on the the nomenclature for Defenders, it's 90 for the three door, 110 for, yeah. the, for the five. And they're, it's, they're looking. It's at just interesting for me that they've got two extra horsepower than the Jaguar. So this is a 400 horsepower. They've got six miles less range because of the boxy and the bigger style. But the F Pace isn't. Not boxy. It's certainly smoother than the Defender. You yeah, can have, have yeah, a slab sided. It's just interesting how from the same engine you can get reasonably different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. different things. But yeah, so that's that's that. That's sixty eight thousand. I think you've written sixty eight. Eight speed gearbox again. Yeah, the, the same two liter turbo petrol. Yeah, 
Um, I just thought that was interesting. Like, they've managed to eke out two extra horsepower from Jaguar as well. Yes. What, what's interesting for me is if you did have, say, £55,000 and you were looking at F-Pace, I know it's quite a big jump up to say, oh, well, I'll spend an extra twelve, thirteen thousand pounds. Mm, I'd, I'd still get the F pace, even if I could, even if I could oh, afford I know, the Defender. Sam, if it was a Lamborghini that ran on water for a tenner <laughs> and, a, and a Jaguar F pace, you'd still be sitting again. Well, I think I made the right choice with the F pace. So. <laughs> um, but no, I think that's an interesting one. Not necessarily that I know a lot of people buy things on finance, so residual values come into it, and it's just an interesting point that if you were shopping an F-Pace thinking, yeah, this is about my budget, it's about twelve, thirteen thousand 13000 more yeah. to go into a Defender. And as I say, if you're looking at it from payments, the Defender's going to have a stronger residual. Yeah, that's fair. And so possibly the gap won't Unless be Unless you're as... selling it to me. Well, because, you just find because a, you'll pay well, anything well, for Well, when you're selling a second-hand car, just try and sell it to someone like me. Yes. Um, do you want to do the next one, or do you want me to... Uh, what, which, which one are we going for next? Sorry, top I don't of, know. Top of the ATK list. Are the Porsche? Yeah. Okay. The Porsche Panamera 4E Hybrid. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And I've put, a, I've put a big, I'll be aware note on that vehicle. You have, but I can't read your writing, so you're okay. going to have to do the be aware. I'll do it. Be aware. Yeah. This vehicle, I, I so I, I found it, it was in budget, I thought, great. Then I found on Porsche's website they've repriced it to £84,000 for the e-hybrid. Okay. If you want the hybrid Panamera, yeah. it goes up to £142,000, depending on which specification really? level you get. Seriously. So they've got a range Seriously. of sixty k. pretty so much. So I started, when I was looking through this, I, I thought, well, I, you know, the Taycan is the, uh, the all-electric one they do. I wonder what they do for the Panamera now to sell it as a plug-in. I thought, well, I know the prices of the Taycan, so the, maybe the Panamera would have come down in price. Yeah. And I found a couple of reviews on it uh, that quoted it at a £75,000 car, and I thought, okay, it can go in the list, and I'll do some research on it. Went onto Porsche's website, because I wanted to check all these prices yeah, to make sure. the manufacturer. They said £84,000, okay. and I thought, well, okay, at this point we're talking about a 5% difference, so I'll still include it. And then I was just clicking through, and I thought, "Hold on, that is just the the base e hybrid. That's not yeah. the 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 nicer specced ones that I saw on all the reviews." And then I found out, yeah. So, so as want... as a side note, then if the, if it goes from eighty four thousand to one hundred and forty two thousand, a little a little test for the beginning of a future podcast in the next few weeks. Then, can you find a car that's got a bigger price range over the Oh, okay, then Over 60 the, grand. Yeah. The 60 grand well, variation it's, it's 58 if we're being specific about it. So let's say that over yeah. a company's model, can you find a bigger a variation range model. of 58,000? Yeah. So, for example, a Golf or and a I'm just And I'm just going to add in that you're not allowed to pick Porsche because you could just pick the 911 and say yeah, like Carrera or yeah, a GT3 yeah. RS, but you're yeah. not allowed to pick Porsche. I, I'm trying to think of another one. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, that's, so that's a good so, challenge. It's a little challenge. Is. We'll do that instead of the news. On in, well, let's give ourselves two weeks. So, not so four podcasts time. It'll be the fourth podcast from here. Yeah, and see what we can think of a bigger range. Because that that I, I was say genuinely, I, I stopped for a minute. I thought I must be doing something wrong here. I must be doing something <laughs> wrong. I don't want to go reporting this and people listening to it and then thinking, hold on a minute. But that's that's as that's there. What it is. That, that's has poor sell. So, 
Uh, 31 miles of range, 462 combined horsepower, if you want to go for that. I wouldn't walk the four and a half miles each way that I'd have to walk. No, you wouldn't, would you? No. Um, the next car, though, this was... Uh, it's my favourite, actually. Of course of, it is. Here, of... here comes the Jaguar F-Pace <laughs> for miles. Um, well, actually, the, the one that would be my favourite is one that we'll just get an honourable mention because it's not out yet, which is at the yeah, top of the other okay. page. But BMW X5 45E M Sport model. It's £68,000 plus whatever extras, so there's good headroom here up to an 80k budget. Uh, it retains... The three-liter straight-six engine, but it has a 52-mile range, so Sam can go to work and back, and to the gym, and to the gym, or to the shop, or yeah. wherever he wants to go. I could go wild. Real world. This is what, and I really want That's to. That's shocking. The real-world combined MPG is that not shocking? Good. Shocking. Really bad. No. No? Okay. No. I'm just a bit off with my expectations. Well, because I think you're thinking... I'm teasing the listeners now. Yes. What is it? Everyone thinking, oh, is it 10? Is it 12? No, so it's it's got a real... And this I should stress the word real world combined average. Yeah, so it's not the claimed figures. This isn't... Because yeah, yeah. the claimed figure is 272, I think. Really? Yes. Oh, all these plug-in hybrids, by the way... What, MPG? Genuinely. <laughs> uh, anyone... <laughs> Anyone out there who is, uh, Sam's not allowed to laugh so loudly into the microphone. Sorry, Apologies guys. for you all, because I could just see a massive spike there. My bad. Um, any, anyone who is looking up the MPGs on these plug-in hybrid stuff, just ignore the figure and go to either the Miles Driven or any of your reputable um, car company sites and look at what they've said is the real world, because the real world figure is a, a different world. Uh, there's a really good... What's the real world? Where actually these cars are driven, yeah. Um, it's because of the way the testing works. The testing isn't really set up for a vehicle that can be either electric or it can... So they kind of have to do this right, multiple okay. testing and it, it gives it just gives some odd figures. They will get it right, but at the moment... Well, and, and I think manufacturers are aware of it because they kind of... yeah These claims are put in very small letters to say, yes, it can do 272 miles to the gallon, but please don't. Don't try. Don't hold us to it. Like you know, but so I think we've teased the listeners enough now. What is the actual real world? So Fifty. Right, Fifty okay. miles to the gallon from a BMW X5. Uh, the diesel, the old diesels didn't uh, didn't manage that. Okay, right. So my expectations were just off. That's fine. Yeah, I think it's just because because you got to remember we're now into larger SUV size. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so to get fifty miles to the gallon of genuine range with the battery, to have a th- but to have fifty miles. Look at it another way. You've got a three litre straight six. Doing fifty miles to the gallon. Okay, I know it's got this, it's got its plug-in on the side, but that in that size vehicle, that's good going. That is, uh, and to have such a, a large amount of range, there's a very good review by Harry Ma- Harry Ma- Harry Metcalf, Harry, Harry, Harry Metcalf, Metcalf on his YouTube channel uh, Harry's Garage. He had one of these for I think it was a, a short-term test, so he actually ran it for a few weeks. That's why I'm mentioning him on this, because he actually had this car and he compares it off to the Range Rover Sport. And he said the big difference is that 52 miles of claimed battery range that it can do was actually something that it could do. As in, not, I mean, it wasn't always in 52, but it was actually yeah, it delivering yeah. a, good, a good amount of that on, on a regular basis. So 389 horsepower, you've got you've tuned, you know, the sound of a three litre when you do put your foot down. You've got the battery assistance, which I think 52 miles for most people. I'm trying to think of many journeys that you would go on 
above 52 miles, you've got to really be actually I mean, going unless on the motorway. Yeah, unless you're going somewhere. Yeah, like, but I mean, as your day to day, can you think of a time you're doing more than 52 no. on your day to day? No, not at all. Even to, at a round trip to come and see me? Was, was that no, take you from where you 40, are? About 40. About the same as going to work. Yeah, okay. So I, I think that's pretty impressive. And that's the one, again, because also it's £68,000. Comparing it off to some of the competition, it basically sits as a direct competitor to the Defender. And I know the Defender has uh, its own following for many reasons and its looks yeah. and everything else, but just what you're getting, uh, well, I think that's a, a good suggestion. So if you're in that bracket and you're comparing maybe a Defender and X5, I'd definitely go and drive the X5 and maybe ask if they'd let you have it for a couple of days to see how it would fit your needs. Because when you're yeah. trying to run around these things on a test drive and you're thinking, could I actually do my morning commute? Until you've done your morning commute on one of them, you won't know. Because yeah, I think fair. the temperature affects it, the amount of hills that you have to go up and down, all these things affect the range. So that's it for the for that bracket. Again, <laughs> that's it for the affordable cars. Well, well, <laughs> um, again, I think in, if we did this same podcast, and maybe we will in a couple of years' time, or ma- I, the problem is some manufacturers are deciding not to fill this bridge. So yeah. some are saying we want to do plug-in hybrid. Others are saying forget that we're going full electric. So it's kind of a and, mute point, really, isn't it? And, and others are obviously sticking them with petrol as long as they can. And so you end up, or they're going, like the Toyota thing is hybrid yes. rather than plug-in. Yeah. And so actually, when you start to say, I want a plug-in hybrid engine, it, 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 you start to get a bit of a shortlist straight away. So the next is over £80,000. I'm going to let Sam have the first one. It's oh, a lot of money. Yeah, okay. The pole style one. Yeah. This is... Uh, Hundred hundred thirty nine thousand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Harris just got one of these. Okay. Uh, it's meant to be the new. I, I actually, you know, it's unfair to say it's going to be the new P eighteen hundred, but kind of inspired by that idea of a big yeah. sort of sports car that is also a tourer. Um, good looking car. And, yeah, definitely. And it's a hybrid, unlike all the other Polestars that will ever be made. They've yeah. started this one, so <laughs> yeah. you'll have the only hybrid one um, ever. 601 horsepower, 2-litre turbo and supercharged engine. So for those auto into, you know, people who are really enthusiastic about still having something great in the engine bay, well, supercharged, turbocharged, 2-litre petrol, it's not going to be the, the most, uh, most sonorous, but... Oh, Sam's just having a quick look at them. It's a very nice looking car. 70 miles of range. I could almost do two days. You could. Drive in. Almost. For 140,000, get your name down on the list. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'll get right on that. Though. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I I thought it was worth a mention just because of it will be the only Polestar, as far as we're aware, and Polestar have said this themselves, so it's not coming from us. This is Polestar saying, this is how we're going to start, this is what we're making. And then we're going full electric. And yeah, then, well, it's nice for a car company, to be honest, and up front, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so that's that. After that, I've just put it in again, the Porsche Panamera, basically all of the ones that are more expensive than their base one, because yes. they're, they're all in <laughs> yeah, the best bracket. Um, next, it's not out yet, Range Rover PHEV. Uh, we, you can't buy it yet. It'll be over £80,000. It would be my pick if I was looking for a big SUV and I had lots and lots of money to spend, but... I, I can't quote any prices. Yeah, we really can't say anything until it's actually out and we know what it's what it's about, really, can we? And then the next one is the one that I think, actually, 
It, it's it, a reasonable price, actually, to be doesn't, fair. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me it's there. And I actually think that the buyers of this car will not be surprised by the price, the performance, what they get. They will just walk into the dealership, say, oh, I can have a plug. Oh, I can have one that's plug-in hybrid. Great. And it fits. My driver will love having that. Yes. I was going to say, it also fits the idea that these cars are generally used a lot in cities, London, for example. Yeah, well, they're, but they're, they're also, also driven. They, yeah, they do also need to do yeah. long journeys quite constantly. So there is a, a mixed use here, and it's the Mercedes S-Class S580E. The reason I say buyers of this car, so it's £97,000, which I think if you're walking to buy a brand new S-Class... You are the sort of person that is potentially going to have a chauffeur. If you're spending, you may well do, and, so. and even so, if you want to drive it yourself, yeah, you know, um, probably a company's buying it on your behalf. Yeah, so, I thought so. Uh, Five hundred and three horsepower, nine-speed automatic <laughs> gearbox. <laughs> Mental, isn't it? Yeah, uh, nine. Uh, sorry, six-cylinder, three-liter engine, and and but here's where the next. So you get you get the three-liter engine, which I think actually, to me, a large. Executive saloon, so it just suits the idea well, of the bigger minimum, engine. It's the minimum engine size, I'd say you'd expect. Yeah, and and yet a lot of these will run around on two liters. Yeah, with with some yeah. sort of hybrid. And so to have a three liter, actually, it used to be you could have a V twelve, and that would stand you apart. But now, yeah, it really would. <laughs> that's gone. But sixty four miles of range. So, for those people who are going to use this as a city car, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, they need to go off and drive you know, 150 miles, it, it just fits perfectly. Within, yeah, it's a very good... Within the, it, it really seems like Mercedes looked at their customer base, decided what they would need to provide, and then said, yeah, this, this vehicle is the one that, you know, we can provide it at the price point we think people will pay, we can give the spec that people will pay, and we can also give all the right ranges and everything else. So I think it's very well priced. It's it's situated quite well in the market. Yeah. I guess also because the chassis is so large, possibly we talked about the three series having to be compromised for yes, its... this one's got the space for it not to be compromised. Yes. Whether the ride would be compromised, I just I just doubt it. I think Mercedes would have got this right. I think out that the door. they know their client base for this and they're not going to upset yeah. their client base for this. Yeah. So I think they'd have spent their time to Make sure that wasn't an issue. Yeah. Um, so it's a tech-heavy vehicle. So if you don't like touchscreens, then this is uh, well, this it's is not for you. Yeah. The, the whole interior setup is is going to is basically touch uh, orientated, either haptic or, um, or, or or sort of a screen that you you flick around with. So I I think that was the one. To be honest, out of all the cars on this list, there's a very small number of them that actually didn't surprise me for their price. The S class is one of them. The F pace is one of them. I thought that would be, you know, about fifty-five thousand pounds. The Defender, I just couldn't picture it in my head because you hear people paying outrageous amounts for Defenders. Yeah. So I just couldn't fit in my head where this one. So I'm not necessarily surprised, but I'm not not surprised. Just I, I wasn't yeah, really expecting it. Um, apart from that, I suppose the uh, the three thirty E was the only other one where it's kind of the BMW. It, Forty thousand pounds for a three series. It's yeah, kind it's of not bad expect. at all. I just, I think the Tiguan's reasonably priced at thirty-eight. But then you could reasonably. Buy, the, the difficulty is for me is a Tiguan to me when just you, in my when, head is when you sit it next to a Formentor, you'd probably go with that. This one. This is the, and also a, a Tiguan to me is sort of an early thirties car for it to be all those extra. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, and and if you were saying if you walked in saying oh I spent nearly forty thousand pounds forty thousand pounds on a Tiguan, you want some stuff on it. 
this is the other thing is that car is going to look like you went into the dealer and said, I've got just enough money to buy, to buy a car. Tiguan. Okay, I retract my comment. Yeah. If it was our line kitted out and all this yeah. sort of stuff, I, I say maybe that's not important to you. I just think to some buyers that might be that might be important. And the other yeah. one, I'm just really disappointed that no manufacturer seems to have tried to get into the early end of the market. And I guess it just must be cost. I mean, if Toyota yeah, it's can't probably, do it's it, probably just not worth it for them. Yeah, if Toyota, Nissan, Mazda, all these sort of the Japanese manufacturers that would usually be aggressive on price points, if, none they, of can't, them, if they can't do it, then we, none yeah, of them. there's no hope, um, is there? And I suppose also you've got some of them they're trying to go full EV. Yeah. And so there's there's a problem that they're trying to. Some manufacturers are saying we're just not interested in this market. So if you are in the the plug-in hybrid, this is what we've got to say, you know, as your options. Yeah. There wasn't anything more to it. There's no sort of mystery no, car or surprise no. car that I could pull out, unfortunately. Nope. Um, well, I was actually going to put the Ferrari. In oh, there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought, you know what? No one. By the time we got to the end of this and we talked about an S Class, people were yeah. like, I, I, I know what the yeah. Ferrari is. The, yeah, exactly. The, the 296. I don't really care. <laughs> and plus, it's £270,000. It's quite a lot of money. Uh, compared to the Formentor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or a Kia Nero. Yes. <laughs> so. That is us for another one. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you do have some feedback and you, you, you've you yourself been doing this shop and you just want to let us know what you've found going around dealers or if you found a, a, a vehicle that we haven't mentioned and you thought we missed out on, by all means, just get in touch with us, let us know, and we can always bring it up in another podcast. But otherwise, uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll catch you in the next one. Goodbye. <laughs>